Oh, I love our church. These are those like, these are those moments I just, um, I'm just so grateful for a community that is pursuing Jesus together. And when we sing these songs, we don't just pick songs that are fun and cool. I mean, they are fun and cool, but um, we try to pick songs that help us express something within us that it's, help, it's helpful to have music to express certain things and uh, the songs can, if we allow them, it's important that we allow them, they can position us before God in certain postures, and then God can do a work in us, which uh, is what that song is saying, you know, Holy Spirit, you know, you're welcome here, you're welcome here, and I hope that's true for you today. I hope, I hope your heart and your mind might be open to what God would want to do. Um, my name's Matt. So good to see you on this Sunday morning, especially if it's your first time with us. So good to have you uh, in the house today. Uh, in, if you're online and you're streaming, welcome. So good to have you uh, through technology to be a part of our gathering together. Uh, we want you to know if it's your first time, if you're just checking it out and getting in the mix, we want you to know uh, you are welcome here. This is a good place for you. It's a, it's a safe place to take steps of faith and to to try to find your way on the journey with God, and we want you to know, um, really above all else, that you have a loving Father who is pursuing you out of his great love for you, and there's more grace than you could ever imagine with this uh, loving Father. Uh, just a few little uh, church things that I want to tell you about, uh, just to stay in uh, the mix together as a community, because communication, hey, this is just some marriage advice on the side, not that I've ever experienced this, but communication is good. Did you know that? If you're married, um, sometimes it's good to communicate with one another. And uh, Robin and I have always communicated perfectly, and I've never failed to leave out details. For example, when some of you um, give birth to children, and I, I should learn this after 20-something years of marriage, I should learn to ask the details the size of the child that you have. Little things like the gender and <laughs> the name. And communication is helpful. And so just some communication pieces for us as a community. Um, we are launching into next Sunday, uh, Be the Change Week. It's Serve Week for us. And if you consider McDowell your home church, we challenge you at least twice a year to serve in a way, a practical way outside the walls of this church to bring about good in this world. And we can do so much more together than we can do separately. And if every single one of us who considers this our church home would do something a couple, just a couple times a year, super simple, two times a year, we would begin to have an influence and a just culture in a positive way. And here's the deal, you know this is true. In our culture today, we like to point out what's wrong with other people. That's a little uncomfortable, isn't it? We like to point out what other people should do differently in order to make the world a better place, don't we? Come on, be honest, you're in church. <laughs> we do this all the time, and that's what this Serve Week is about, is about being the change that we want to see in the world. It's, it is so easy to see in someone else what's wrong with them and what they should do differently. It's much more difficult to see it in the mirror and ask God's spirit to convict us so that we might be the change that we wanna see 
in the world around us. So there's some opportunities for you to jump in. Um, a couple easy ones. Next Sunday, if you bring a box or some bags of uh, non-perishable goods and leave them behind your car in the parking lot, you don't even need to bring them in the building. How awesome is that? Just take them out of your car and put them right behind your car. Now, if we do not see non-perishables behind your car, we will attempt to open your car and find your wallet within the glove box or wherever you hide it, and we'll thank you for your donation. Um, those non-perishables uh, will go to one of our, um, our partners here in the city over off of Tatum and Thunderbird. Uh, Harvest Compassion Center, which is doing an amazing work in providing goods and clothing uh, for people who are in need. And so if you would do that, that would be awesome this coming uh, Sunday as we launch into our serve week. Now, second piece, um, we, because of the travel restrictions and things that are going on in our world, we are unable to have our normal mission trips that, that some of them happen in the summer, specifically the Dominican Republic. We know many of you, in, you know, uh, engage in that trip to be a, a change in the Dominican Republic, some of our uh, villages that we work with in that area. And so what we have as an opportunity this year is to provide a camp, a summer camp for foster youth who do not otherwise have an opportunity to go to a summer camp. And we are funding it 100, pretty much 100% through the church and through people connected to the church, we're not just funding this camp, but we're also like putting on and staffing the camp, yes. And so if you were thinking about, a, yeah, if you were thinking about a mission trip this summer, this is your opportunity to do something amazing in the life of some foster kids that we work with throughout the year, some of these group foster homes. Next Sunday, is an interest uh, meeting after both services. So come back next Sunday, be a part of worship. It's going to be awesome again. And, and then attend one of these interest meetings. You may say, Matt, I would be terrible working with kids. And I would agree with many of you. You would be terrible <laughs> at working with kids. But we need cooks, right? We need some cooks to help with food and cleanup. Um, we need some activity guides who can be a part of some activities, and there's a process to get you connected and to make sure we have background checks and all of that. So come next week, jump into the, the interest meeting, uh, track curious is what it's, what it's been uh, called, and, and then just jump right in. Uh, one other quick little uh, church-wide uh, little business piece. We've made some changes, and there's some changes coming to the coffee shop. And it's gonna, uh, there's going to be a, a change of name, so because of some corporation stuff that we have to do, uh, the name will be changed from District Coffee to Trailhead Coffee. Ooh, pretty cool. Now, what's amazing, we've had our two best months that we've ever had in the coffee shop, and if you come during the week, if you just stop in, you will see life on this campus, which is what we envisioned to happen when we built this building, this campus, one of the ideas is that we would be good news to our community, not just on Sunday mornings with an event like this, like a gathering like this, but we would be good news all the time, a place for people to gather, bring kids, playground, coffee, 
all of those kind of things. And um, what's cool, this week, just a couple of different things. There's moms groups from the, the valley who have found a home here uh, in the mornings, and they'll bring their kids. I'll walk in on uh, just a, a weekday morning, and the playground will be packed, and the lobby is packed with people who are just grabbing coffee and hanging out. It's awesome. Then uh, there was a half day at our local schools just up the street, and we were inundated with kids one day right after school. Those kids walked down and just hung out here all afternoon. It's awesome. Aren't you so thankful for a, a campus like this that we can do those kind of things? I love it. And so for those of you who uh, generously give to McDowell, thank you. Your support and giving to the mission is furthering the kingdom and what God is doing in, among, and through us as a church. So thank you for your giving and for jumping in and being a part of that. Um, I'm just so grateful, and it, it's, it's making a difference. We're seeing some expansion in God's uh, mission here at McDowell uh, because of you. Okay. On earth as it is in heaven. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Amazing is your name. You're incredible, God. And may your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, of all the things that are going on in our world today, and there are some horrible things, there's hatred, there's murder, there's abuse. There are things happening in our world. Could we imagine what would happen if heaven, the ways and the will and the kingdom of God made its way into the world in which we live on earth as it is in heaven? Can you imagine how good that would be? Don't we need it? And I started thinking about this phrase, which has given name to our, our time together over the next few weeks, on earth as it is in heaven. And as I've been praying this over and over, I thought to myself, in McDowell, as it is in heaven, what would it look like for God's kingdom and his will to be done in McDowell as it is in heaven? And then I thought, what about in Fountain Hills? In Fountain Hills as it is in heaven. How amazing if in Scottsdale we began to see the will, the ways of God to come to pass here on earth. And I don't think Jesus would have taught us to pray this if it wasn't possible. Come on, are you with me? Are you awake? I don't think Jesus would have taught us to pray something that did not have a possibility to become productive in our world. Right? So when we pray this, we're not praying an empty phrase on earth as it is in heaven. We're saying, God, we want your ways and your will to make its way because we know it is needed in the world today. And then I thought to myself, God, in Matt, as it is in heaven, may your kingdom come and may your will be done in me as it is in heaven. And some of you are here this morning, and that's your one takeaway, and that's okay, to begin praying, God, I, I pray that your kingdom and your will and your love and your grace would, would be in me as it is in heaven. We need that individually. We need that. We need to be transformed in order to be the change in the world that the world desperately needs 
on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I love this. Um, in the book of Acts, we see some things happening, and uh, I think it was Eugene Peterson, I mentioned this last week, Eugene Peterson was saying that uh, the, the, the humans, the, the actors in Acts, that the book is talking about, the Christians, the early Christians, were no more spectators to the work of God as Jesus was just a spectator to what God was doing in and around him. No, no, like God was in them. They are in on the action. They're a part of the change. They're a part of the movement. God was acting in them, and God was living in them. God was alive and well within the followers of Jesus. And Eugene, I love this, he says, which also means, of course, that God can be active and living in us if we give him space. So have you given him space? Have you given God space to do something, to be living and active in you in order to bring about his kingdom in the world? So let's talk about that, all right? You ready? All right, I got like three or four of you in the room, and the rest of you, I hope you come along for the journey as well. I think there's a few good things in here, like really good things. And, you know, I've been uh, a pastor for a few years, and, uh, you know, I, there are times you read and you read and you read and you don't see and you don't see and you don't see, and there's times that you read and then you see. And there's something there, and I think there's something that God would have for us today. So Jesus... Um, has been crucified and resurrected, and he appears to the disciples. Now, don't miss this, that the, the disciples, the early disciples, if Jesus would not have appeared to them, now come, come with me, if Jesus would not have appeared to the disciples, Christianity would not exist in our world today. It was only because of the experience that the disciples had with the resurrected Jesus that an explosion or a movement started. And here's how we know that. Because at the crucifixion, all the disciples went home. They scattered. Now, if you're on the fringe of Christianity, if you're just on the fringe of faith and you're like, I don't even know if there is a God, I'm not sure, um, I don't get all of it, and there's so much that's difficult to understand, which I totally understand, that there are times, like, what we read in Scripture just has this, like, really kind of work in us, but I want us to see the reality that whatever the, the disciples experienced, it was so powerful and transformative in them they couldn't help but put their lives on the line to spread the truth of what they had seen because they had all gone home. They had all gone back to work. Like life was going to return to normal, but for Jesus, like Jesus showed up. And in one of these scenes where Jesus is among his disciples, they had this, this vision of him and the experience of his resurrected body Right there, Jesus commands them, do not leave Jerusalem, they're in Jerusalem, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. 
Now, this language is, is very, there's some, there's some symbolic pieces to this language. And if you've never seen a baptism, we do this every now and then, a baptism where someone is taken down into the water, and in a, in a sense, that, that's a picture, a s- symbol of their old life being put to death and their new life coming up out of the water, being washed clean. Does that make sense? And so what Jesus is saying is that John, the Baptist, would baptize you in water, but God wants to immerse you in a new experience. There's something like all-inclusive that God wants to do. And if you just hold tight, don't leave until this happens. You will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Um, I'll come back in just a second. Then he goes on. But you will receive, and he's talking about what will happen when this, when, when this takes place. You will receive, what's that word? Power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and then you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, we read through this, and we think it's just geographical, but there's so much more to the story here. I hope you've been reading along in Acts with us. We're like at chapter 10 and 11 today. It's so powerful, um, some of the stories that we're, we're, we're into. But one of the pieces of this, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jerusalem, like think about your house, your tight family. And Jesus was saying, hey, this message is for your family. But it's not just for your family, it's for your distant cousins. You know, the ones that no one claims at the wedding of your aunt and uncle. You know, those, like those distant relatives. Like this message is gonna, like you're gonna be my witnesses to your family, but you're also gonna be witnesses to the family that's a little bit removed on the edge on the fringe the ones you don't claim you know the ones that go to state fairs and stuff like that (laughs) i'm from alabama only certain people went to state fairs but it's for them too but then this next one samaria now samaria the jews hated samaritans they hated them And Samaritans, likewise, hated Jews. And I think what Jesus is saying here to his disciples is that this message, this good news, you're not just going to be witnesses to your family and the people that you get along with, but this message is going to go through you to the people that you hate. And you can't imagine that God would love them too, but he does. Now, come on, we need this in our world. Because we live in a divided world, and we're divided on everything right now, everything. The world wants to set us at odds with each other, and Jesus is saying, I want to tear down those walls, and I want to create some unity that you've never experienced, because this message, the message of the kingdom, no one is excluded from this, and we need to be transformed by that message so that we can then live that message and be about love instead of hate. Come on, church. Is somebody awake today? Come on. That is our call. That's who we're to be. And when we're not, we're a part of the problem. Um, The Holy Spirit, when we think about the Holy Spirit, sometimes we're just thinking about the presence of God. But I want you to understand, I want to understand this myself, 
that the Holy Spirit is not just the presence of God, it is the power of God in us. It's the presence and the power of God. It's both. It is unbelievable what God has for us. And it's the reason Jesus told his disciples to wait. Because you're going to need this. You're going to need not just God's presence. You will need that, but you'll also need his power to do things that you can't imagine yourself doing. Have you ever found yourself in a situation and you don't have the words to speak and you wish you had the words? This is part of the role of the Spirit is to give us words when we need the right words to speak in certain situations. This is the role of the Holy Spirit in us. It's the presence of God, but it's also the power of God in us. And so Jesus tells the disciples to wait Um, I was reading this from, I think it was N.T. Wright recently, and he was saying, you know, Jesus told his followers to wait before they tried to do too much, right? That's important advice. Wait until you try to do too much. Don't try to do too much on your own, all alone, by yourself. And he goes on, this next one, I like this. Luke would tell us to wait to pray for the presence and power of the Holy Spirit and to find our calling and our energy from that source. And I think some of us get ahead of ourselves. We get ahead of God. Here's the challenge. We have a lot of wisdom and knowledge at our disposal, don't we? I mean, imagine if we had something at the tips of our fingers where if you wanted to know, like, the capital of some obscure country, you could find it in a matter of seconds. Can you imagine how awesome that would be if you had something that you could find like quickly, like we have all kinds of things. And what it does is I also think that it causes us to look for formulas to life rather than relying on the power of God's spirit to do what he wants to do in us. We try to manufacture the work that God wants to do in us. Come on. It's the difference, we talk about this, I've I've mentioned it a lot, it's the difference between a Christmas tree and a fruit tree. A Christmas tree, you decorate with whatever you want to put on it. You can make it beautiful, but it's dead. A fruit tree is decorated by the source that it's connected to, and it produces what is natural to that tree, and when we plant ourselves in the spirit of God, he produces what he wants. And I think we're oftentimes a Christmas tree running around putting things on ourselves rather than allowing God to do it. We get ahead of ourselves. Are you with me? And some of us need to wait. Some of us need to wait for what God wants to do in us. It's a good word for us to wait, to pray for the spirit, and to trust his calling and his energy within us. I've been thinking, like, Jesus told his disciples it was good that he was going away. Really, Jesus? Like, it's good that you're going away? We gave up everything to follow you, to be with you. Um, have you seen, by the way, there's, a, there's an app called The Chosen. Has anybody watched The Chosen? It's so powerful. Uh, get it. Like, if you don't have it, it's a TV series, a crowdfunded TV series called The Chosen. I think it's one of the best representations of Jesus I've ever seen in my life. And his disciples and what takes place in first century um, in in that part of the world. It's just amazing. And 
And Jesus, like these disciples that have given up everything to follow him, they're like, what do you mean it's good that you're going away? And here's why it's good. It's good news for us too, by the way. Here's why it's good. It's because Jesus was God with them and God with us. Jesus walking alongside them. The Holy Spirit is God in us, not just with us, but in us, empowering us to live and be directed in a certain way. So it's good news. And there is no formula to this. Don't you wish, I mean, I'm a, I'm a type A, uh, I'm one on the Enneagram, I'm a, just give me the formula. You know what I mean? Give me the formula and I can follow it, right? I've got some, um, you know, some weightlifters in the room who could help me build my biceps. You guys, could, could you help me build my biceps a little bit? You probably could, couldn't you? No, no, not him, you. You know who I'm talking to. PT fitness over there, like build the biceps. Like he could help me build the biceps. And some of you right now are like, you need some biceps, Matt. It's like <laughs> a little weak, you know. He could give me a formula. And, and if, I, if I met with him, you know, you don't want to do that every day because you need rest, right? My muscles need some recovery time. So if we met maybe three, four times a week, he could build some bulk on me. He could, he could help me move in a healthy direction, right? Yes, he's like, yes, let's talk afterwards. <laughs> but there is no formula to what God wants to do in us. It's not a simple put these three things together and work hard at it. The Spirit does something in us that we cannot guide or manufacture or fix or follow the line. It is just an opening of ourselves and learning to hear and respond to what God is doing within us. It's learning to hear and respond to what God is doing in us. And I think when we struggle with the Holy Spirit, it's because we, we have tuned him out and we failed to respond when he's led us to live in a certain way. Any of you ever tune your mom out? I think we do that with God. And your mom's like, didn't you hear me when I was, and now you're like, I heard you talking. I have no idea what you said, you know. And I think God is like, and we tune him out. I think he's speaking to us. I think he's speaking to you. I think he's speaking to me. And we just, we, we tune him out. Now, I want to give you some, because Jesus gave some guidelines for his disciples. I want to give you some guidelines for the, the kinds of things that God, through the Holy Spirit, wants to begin to do in you. And here's the first one that the Holy Spirit will comfort you. In your pain and in your grief, in your loneliness, that Jesus said that the, one of the pieces of this gift of the Holy Spirit is that we would be comforted, that we would find comfort in him. And one of the ways to... to, to to realize whether or not you're opening yourself to the Spirit is in the times of your greatest pain or disappointments that you would begin to sense an undefinable peace. And that's the comfort of God in you and in me. Jesus said this, I'll ask the Father, he'll give you another comforter who will never leave you. Isn't that great news? That for those of us walking through some of the most difficult moments of our lives, 
things that we never imagined. Like, I imagine my life to, to look like this, and it just doesn't look like that. That God promises that if we will open ourselves and become aware of his, his voice and respond to it, that he will comfort us beyond what we can define. It's supernatural in many ways. It's miraculous in many ways. The second thing, this one's uncomfortable. Some of you, you don't want to write this one down or don't take a picture of this one. This is the one I want to leave off the list, but I can't because Jesus talked about it, and it's this. He convicts us. The Holy Spirit convicts us. And when the Holy Spirit comes, Jesus said, he will convict the world of its sin. And here's what I want you to hear. If you don't have any conviction in your life, it may be because you've distanced yourself from the Holy Spirit. Now, don't nudge the person next to you right now. It's the Holy Spirit's conviction in us, and it's very uncomfortable at times, but it is very needed because all of us, no one exempt from this, all of us have sin, which means we have evil within us, and we cause evil and pain to other people. And so the Spirit, one of the roles of the Spirit is to convict us of that so that we might be changed and live different. He doesn't do that to condemn us. The Spirit doesn't condemn us. He transforms us. He convicts us in order to change. Does that make sense? Are you with me? And so we should be, we should be more than open to the conviction of the Holy Spirit because it brings about good. Let me just put it in marriage terms. Um, and I'm not talking about conviction from your spouse, because Robin likes to convict me of many things, and I need it. But when I'm convicted by the Spirit of certain things, um, I've been known to dig in my heels from time to time, even though I knew I was wrong. I've defended my ground. When I'm open, when I'm open to the conviction in those moments, and, and, I, and I allow myself to be changed and transformed, it always brings about good in the relationship. Are you with me? Does that make sense? And the same is true in our faith walk, that we like to, we like to reject conviction, but conviction brings about good in us. If I were training, like doing physical training, and I was doing something wrong, you know, if I was doing squats, but my knees were getting out over my toes, and I had a friend say, Matt, you can't do that, or you're going to blow out your knees. You're going to cause problems in your knees if you continue to put weight on it like that. And I was like, I don't need your help. I've got this. And then I needed knee replacement. I was like, why didn't you tell me? And he would say, I tried to tell you. You didn't listen. And I think sometimes we get to a place in our lives where, like, my marriage is falling apart. Why didn't anybody tell me? Why didn't anybody help me? And God's like, that's why I gave you the spirit to convict you and move you and open you to, to a new way of living. And then um, he counsels us. These last two, I'll, I'll, do, I'll move through a little bit quicker. Some of you are like, are we going to land this plane? Um, <laughs> can we get off the conviction part? This is a good one, counsels. Like he counsels us. Um, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. A counselor um, and I say this, we all need a counselor in our lives. And yes, we need the Holy Spirit, but sometimes we need a human counselor in our life too because they can help us see things that we can't see on our own. Counselors are good. 
in many ways, they help us with perspective, and they're honest. They can be really transparent and honest with us about the reality of the way that we're living. So helpful to have that in our lives. And Jesus says that the Spirit will be this for us. He'll be like a counselor, like an internal live-in counselor for us if we will listen and respond. You want to know which direction to go? You want to know where you should? Like, it's like that internal GPS that's helping you to, to guide you and direct you in life. Um, and then the Holy Spirit empowers us. And I think we could all use a little power in our lives, a little supernatural power in our lives. Like, the, the Holy Spirit wants to empower us. And you might say, well, what does that mean? Does that mean, like, that I would have some sort of strength in my life or something physical that I could do? Or, you know, may, maybe it, it could mean that. I mean, God could choose to do whatever he wants to do. But I think it has to do with things like the fruit of the Spirit. Like, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit can work in us to empower us to live certain ways that are not natural to our everyday life. For example, I am not naturally a patient person. I'm just not. I want it today. Actually, I wanted it yesterday, and so we're late, right? And when people drive on Shea in the fast lane, and it's like our city has been inundated this last week with slow drivers. God is working on me if I will pay attention, because patience is not natural to me, and it's not natural to a lot of you either, is it? But the fruit of the Spirit, when the Spirit empowers us, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Like, that's part of what God wants to do in you, is to bring about patience and joy and peace and love, self-control. Imagine... Imagine being empowered to live those certain ways. He wants to bring about the power to live away in a way that is contrary to how we normally live. So, here's the question, I'll, and I'll end with this. We're going to sing one last song, but I'll end with this. Um, the good news is that God has given you and me full access. God has given you and me full access by means of the Holy Spirit. Is that good news or what? Like you have full access. You have full access to both the presence and the power of God, both living within you. You have full access to him. The transformative question is this. Like that is, like it's truth. We have full access to God. The transformative question for every single one of us is this. Have we given him full access to us? And that's where change happens. When we open the corners of our lives that we've been holding God at a distance. And we think to ourselves, I, you know, I'm, I'm giving God, you know, this and this, but there's some unspeakable things deep within me that I'm just going to hold on to. There's some ways, there's some patterns, there, and transformation happens not when God forces himself into our lives, because he will never do that. 
Transformation comes when we give him access to more and more and more of us. That's when we're changed. Um, would, you, would you stand with me? And we're going to sing one last song. And as we sing this, I'm going to give you some space just to respond. Some of you might want to grab some communion. There's communion in the back of the room. And communion represents um, the death of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, his body and his blood, which was broken and poured out. For, and it's so important to remember and thank God for his grace. And, and today, maybe if you take communion while we sing this song, maybe it would also be a reminder as you eat and as you drink that God is also within you. And it might be a prayer as you take communion. God, be born in me again. Be born in me again. So would you bow your heads? I'm going to say a prayer. And um, I want to pray specifically for some people who need the Holy Spirit in your lives. And so while nobody's looking around, just me, um, I, I would ask, is there anyone here today who needs to know the Spirit of God in your life? And if so, just lift your hand up. Just slip your hand up. Yeah. And um, I want to pray specifically for you. Yeah, I see a couple hands there in the back. Yep. Yeah. So God, in this time, the truth is we all need your Spirit within us. But for those specifically who have said, God, I need your presence and I need your power. I pray that as they open themselves to you, that you would make a home in them. Not just your presence, but also your power. God, make a home in us and begin to transform us, comfort us, counsel us, but also convict us and empower us to live changed lives, God. God, thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy and your hope and your and we pray this in the name of Jesus.